the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Taking a quick look at the markets. It's kind of been... Sideways is the story this year. Even when there's a lot of mergers and acquisitions, it's kind of been sideways. Even when there's earnings that surprise, it's kind of been surprising. Some earnings that have missed have punished companies, especially some of the social media companies, as they have high valuations in a market that's saying, hmm, let's pull that down. Um, so the valuations... It, what you don't want to be right now is a high-valued company with a high P.E. and miss expectations. Oil's under $60 a barrel. It's kind of moving sideways. It's had a big move from 100 to 40 but now it's kind of finding that $60 area. Pretty much so in sync. Markets aren't up or down very much. Kind of moving sideways. The shocker is the 10-year treasury has made a big move to 2.26%. Um, the 10-year Treasury bond is, to me, an indicator of expectations for the future. Um, and it's made a big move in the last 30 days. And the expectations when it moves higher is the economy is improving and there's likelihood of inflation. And when the 10-year Treasury moves lower from 3% to 2%, there's a fear that the economy is struggling and inflation is not going to be an issue. Anyhow, I think you get where I'm going at with this. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Tackling some of the bigger financial planning concepts, let's talk a little bit on the 401k to an IRA. Main reasons why you would roll over your 401k. I guess that's when you're leaving a company because we're rolling it over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've left the company or you've, you've retired. Let me let me get a couple of reasons out of the way on why you wouldn't do it. Okay. Because we can't just ignore those. There are certain times where, you know, you go to somebody that's trying to sell you something, they'll always tell you to roll it over. But look, if you retired early and you're over 55, a lot of 401k plans allow you to 
take withdrawals before age 59 and a half, between age 55. So as long as you've separated from service and you're over at the age of 55 or over, you can take withdrawals from the plan without paying the 10% penalty. So early retirees may need to do some planning and leave some of the money in the 401k to access it penalty-free. Um, the other situation is if you're facing a legal issue, major lawsuit or something like that, you might be better served in the 401k. Other than that, a lot of people say, I'm just going to leave my 401k there because either I don't have time to deal with it or the investments are poor performing fine. Well, in a rising market where the S&P 500 is up double digits, everything's performing fine, right? Right. And you can always find those funds or even a cheaper version of those funds at a brokerage firm. You can open up an IRA at TD Ameritrade or Schwab and get those you, same funds there. Don't you bring in some potential risk of uh, you, now you've lost that professional guidance or now you've lost that professional structure and you have to recreate your own structure? Well, so, if you've no, because typically nobody's moving the money for you. You still have to pick your own choices within those funds. And a lot of smaller employer plans have hidden fees that the employee doesn't see. They're supposed to disclose that now, but nobody reads it. So you might have what looks like a well-known no-load fund, but it's inside of an annuity contract with an extra 1% in annual fees. So get it. And it's so hard. When people end up with three or four different 401k plans and IRAs all over the place, they don't know what their overall asset allocation or performance is because it's everywhere consolidate it all into an IRA. You end up with better investment choices, lower fees. You can have the ability to convert to a Roth IRA if that's right in your financial plan where you pay the taxes now in exchange for a tax-free account for the rest of your life. Also, IRAs do have that kind of better emergency access, Rob. If, if you know people are laid off, for example, sure. Um, if you're using the funds, there's certain rules that apply, so you got to look this up and deal with a tax advisor, but if you need to pull money out without for, to pay for things like health insurance costs or higher education costs, there's ways to do it without paying the 10% early withdrawal penalty on IRAs where there's not with the 401k plans. Um, I've also seen people that retire and they have their 401ks, a couple different 401ks left at the places they used to work for. And I've seen those companies, they go through a takeover, a merger, or the plan is suspended because something's gone wrong in the plan. And all of a sudden, you know, they're taking withdrawals out of the IR, the 401k, and they're having to call to do it. Yep. And all of a sudden, they go through a 90-day blackout period where they can't do anything. And then what do you do? So easier access to retirement. A big one, too, for older people where they really need to get out of the 401k and into an IRA is that at age 70 and a half, you're forced to take money out of your retirement accounts, whether or not you want to. Now, if you had 20 different IRAs, you could calculate your annual required minimum distribution for all of them and take it out of just one account. If you have money in 401Ks and 403Bs, you have to satisfy each different account. And a lot of people have been getting a 50% penalty because they calculate their 401K into their IRA, calculate their minimum required distribution for their 401Ks and IRAs together and just pull it out of the IRA. Yep. That's not satisfied. You just shot yourself in the foot and you have a 50% penalty on what you're supposed to take out of the 401K. So get them rolled over. So there's a lot of reasons to consider a 401k to an IRA. We just went through many of them. Um, better investment choices, lower fees, ability to slowly convert to a Roth, a little emergency access in case you need it without that 10% penalty, and easier access at retirement. If you want to find out more about Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Again, it's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. 
more Americans are focusing on their 401k plans, which I think is great. Um, not enough, but it's a move in the right direction. you got to supplement your retirement. Google CEO Larry Page says Elon Musk is kind of homeless. I, I love this story. There's an author who's writing a book on Elon Musk, and she got um, Larry Page from Google to say he's kind of homeless, which I think is sort of funny. When he comes to visit every week, because he owns a property in L.A. and a property, uh, doesn't own property in Palo Alto, but Page does, he kind of crashes my place. It hasn't given him a key yet, but it sounds pretty ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous massive iPhone success leak reveals 11 new features. Force Touch will be the biggest upgrade selling point, but also can be one of the main bottlenecks of the supply chain. Force Touch can enhance the user experience due to more input methods and support of written signatures. You saw this with the iWatch become an issue of they had some problems manufacturing. The screen's going to remain at 4.7 inches and 5.5 inches with resolutions uh, the same as existing models. There will be no new 4-inch model. There will be an additional casing color, which will be rose gold. The camera will have a pixel upgrade from 8 megapixels to 12. One microphone will be added near the speaker to enhance voice quality. The A9 processor with upgraded 2 gigabyte uh, RAM will be adopted. The bending issue will be improved. If drop test issues can be resolved, the 5.5-inch model will have a limited number of units with sapphire cover lenses. The recognition rate of the Touch ID will be improved. Gesture support control. Okay, there's a new one. And its expected mass production is going to start in mid to late August. Total shipments will be 80 to 90 million units in 2015 with a 2 to 1 ratio of 4.7 to 5.5 inch models. So nothing major there. You know, the, the touch screen or the touch sensor, um, force touch, is the biggest issue. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Pretty cool story. All of Hawaii's electricity is going to come from renewables by the year 2045 under a new law. Hawaii may be the first state to get there. California's pledged to get half its energy from renewables by 2030. Costa Rica announced in March that it had gone 75 straight days without burning fossil fuels, getting all its energy from renewable sources. Sweden, Estonia, and Bulgaria have already met the EU Renewable Energy Development Goals that they said they would meet by 2020. The world gets it. A man who dined at the same restaurant for 50 years left $100,000 in his will 
rainforest waitresses. A wealthy regular of Donahoe's Steakhouse went above and beyond the normal tip. I think little things like that are sweet. <clears throat> um, broadcasters did their upfronts this week in New York. ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. You know, the big shocker was American Idol is going to end after next season. So you get the finals whenever they are this year, and then you get one more round of the show. And then it goes quietly into the night. What killed it? Still pulled in 10 million plus viewers. That's not a problem. The production company wanted too much money. Do re me. Where were you when Kelly Clarkson won the first season? And whatever happened to the guy who came in second? Uh, nothing good. So Galaxy smartphone. Uh, Samsung's big product. Samsung over the decades have used its massive scale to expand into large markets like television sets and appliances and semiconductors with broad lineups of often expensive products. It hones its technology and fights its way up the, to premium positions. Samsung televisions are pretty good televisions now. Fifteen years ago, it, it had to be Sony's. Not so much now. So we'll see if uh, Samsung's able to scale up in the future. A massive iPhone success leak revealed 11 new features. Really the coolest one that I saw was the Force Touch. And it, it makes sense that, you know, you give it at least two years between evolution, between revolutions versus evolution. The 6S will be a much, much nicer phone, but it won't be anything breakthrough. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. A couple things I want to talk about is I've seen recently a move by Americans to do more in their 401k. And that's helpful. The overall number of people contributing to savings plans rose 18% last year, but the spike amongst millennials was significant. Uh, the job market's improved in the last five years, slowly, slowly, slowly. But at the tail end of it now, you're starting to see people say, you know what? I found some work. I may or may not be living with mom. I need to start saving some money. Conventional wisdom is millennials are skeptical of institutions. So to see a 60% jump in participation in 401ks is awesome. I spoke... I speak regularly at companies, and if any company wants to book me, just drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. I can talk to your employees about simple things to do to improve their financial life, and that's having both you, the company, and me help the future and to help your employees. I don't charge anything. Um, I just try to say max out your 401k to, you know, as much as you can. I think that'll help you enormously. I talk about the different insurances. I look through the HR packet to see what is offered because a lot of people never do. You know, you may start at a company and then 10 years later you decide to adopt a baby and you forgot that at your training meeting that in the HR packet said, hey, we'll give you $3,000 to adopt a baby to help. Maybe that's the mission of the CEO. Maybe that's just, you know, a way of keeping employees pleased. But it's good to see millennials jumping in. Oh, what I was going to say is I speak at these events and what stuns, stuns me the most is when I talk to HR, usually on a conference call a week before the event, um, millennials tend not to take advantage of the 401k. 
So you get sometimes 6% matching, and they don't want to do it. Maybe they're spending all their money going to raves and dances, New York, San Francisco, L.A. Maybe they're spending their money, you know, week to week, traveling, eating well, not savings. But not only did they not take advantage of 6% free money, so if you make $100,000 a year and you save $6,000 for your own retirement, they'll give you $6,000 extra dollars. So suddenly your total compensation was $106,000. And that's awesome. Free money. Free money. Oh, and the worst part, when you dug into the data a little bit more, is millennials sometimes will save money, but they'll just put it in cash. Stock market's, you know, gone up massively. 200% in six years, like... Why not participate? Why not turn that $12,000 invested into $48,000? Because I'm lazy. Because she's hot and I have to keep her, so I take her to New York City. We get engaged and we put our faces on cakes. <laughs> uh, really? That's too funny. Yes, I'm laughing at the people who put their faces on cakes after they get engaged. And sadly, I know people who've done that. Um, Airbnb. I love Airbnb. Have you used Airbnb? Because if you haven't, I would consider it. Um, the hotel industry is acting like there's not a, a monkey in the room, an elephant in the room. I prefer the monkey analogy versus the elephant analogy. But Airbnb now has more than a million rooms available in homes, apartments, and, you know, barns. More places to sleep than hotel giants like Marriott and Hilton, as far as locations go. Spending on hotels this year is projected to be even higher than last year's robust outlays. So despite all this growth from Airbnb, big hotel chains, they're not taking action. And I said, again, you know, the music industry didn't see the MP3 coming, and... Sales of CDs are gone now. The travel industry really needs to say, okay, just because things are great now, how can we figure this out? You know, the ingrained habits of travelers, particularly older ones and business travelers on expense accounts who see no reason to change their ways, ain't going to last forever, guys. There's signs that Airbnb is making inroads with business travelers. Last summer, Airbnb entered into the corporate market teaming with Concur, an expense management company, to allow Airbnb charges to appear directly on a traveler's expense form. Airbnb now reports that just under 10% of its guests are traveling on business. I would much rather stay in someone's three-bedroom house than to stay in a hotel. Now, the trick with Airbnb is you don't want the owners on the property because it gets kind of weird. But that's the devil's in the details. I'm Rob Black.
Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Trying to get you to retirement. That's really the goal of the show, and to kind of get you a little calmer about markets and investing. It's just something you have to do. It's kind of like paying bills. You kind of have to set aside a little bit of money for your future. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hara, Chief Market Strategist with Briefing.com, an outstanding organization that provides a lot of content that doesn't spook you but gives you stuff to digest and think about. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. With that said, um, you're a strategist with Briefing.com. Um, what's your strategy right now? Because Sideways isn't down, but Sideways isn't record highs either, and Sideways is kind of dull, and we seem to be going sideways. True. Um, and, you know, and in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, sideways isn't, isn't terrible um, when you've had double-digit returns in five of the last six years and, and three of the last years. Um, so you have a, a period of um, consolidation taking place here. But I think people are taking stock of the fact that uh, after that uh, incredible run, you have uh, the S&P 500 trading at a pretty full valuation uh, before interest rates have really started to, to move higher. Um, you know, having said that, we have seen market rates uh, adjust upward um, rather rapidly of late, uh, but, you know, they're still at, you know, very low levels, historically speaking. But, uh, but the path, uh, the pace of that change has kind of created some uh, disruption for the equity markets around the globe because people are trying to figure out what that really is, what's the message in that. Uh, and it's not a clear message right now. I think the, the prevailing narrative is that it reflects uh, the deflation risk being priced out and a reflation premium being priced in. And that may or may not be the case. You might just simply have a very crowded trade that's being unwound, um, but you're certainly not seeing, um, anyway, in recent weeks, you're not seeing a big rotation out of bonds and into equities, and that's uh, that's an interesting development. You know, I think people are just sort of raising some cash out of some very uh, profitable positions and probably just taking a step back to try and see, you know, what comes next. Okay. Now, where are we as far as – I'm not getting a lot of news that's moving the market. There's a couple mergers today. Maybe that should have moved the market. But where are we as far as what's moving the market? Is it the bond market? Uh, yes. I mean, the bond market right right now, at this point in time, I would, I would definitely argue that it's the bond market that's moving things. Um, of course – you know, earnings should ultimately move things for the stock market. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, what we've seen the market really respond to, um, for better or for worse, is it's thinking about uh, central bank policy uh, and whether uh, the incoming data supports the notion that the Fed stays on hold or whether it supports the notion that the Fed, you know, comes in with a rate hike uh, relatively soon. Um, it's those types of news items that uh, seem to generate the most uh, or the strongest responses out of the equity market these days. Um, you know, we came through the first quarter earnings reporting period in okay shape, I, I guess you could argue. I mean, the uh, earnings ended up being better than expected. Now, that's not a surprise. That's always the case. Uh, but uh, we saw some modest earnings growth in the first quarter of just under 3%. Uh, unfortunately, there wasn't really any revenue growth that came alongside that. You know, you saw revenues down about 1%. Um, so you're still seeing the uh, underlying earnings growth story being driven by, 
you know, cost-cutting and share buyback activity. And what you really want to see is some top-line-driven growth. And if we can, if this narrative about the economy getting better does, in fact, true to be proved to be true, you should start seeing stronger top-line growth. I think in coming quarters, it should lead to stronger, you know, earnings growth. And you can get a market that can turn around here and, and have a, a positive year again. Um, but one of the interesting things out of that first quarter reporting period is while the first quarter was better than expected, consensus earnings estimates for the second quarter, the third quarter, the fourth quarter, and the full year were all lowered at the same time. So um, so we're not out of the woods yet as it relates to um, you know, an earnings deceleration being a drag uh, in turn on, on the market this year. The AOL story this morning being acquired by Verizon takes me back to 2000 and Time Warner and AOL getting together and just it kind of marked the end of the first you know internet boom, mm-hmm. um, just a bad deal that should never have happened. Um, this was this is very different. This is a much smaller price tag. This is all about video ad serving. Um, but the tech mergers. Any commentary on where we're going with this? The whole Silicon Valley booming period that I'm living in, and it's tough to tell people, eh, this is going to end at some point. Yeah, you know, and right alongside that, you know, you get reports about how Uber's trying to raise some money that could effectively value the company at about $50 billion. Right. Um, you know, and, and and I think, I mean, you're you're in a much better position given where you are geographically to know kind of to have the pulse in terms of what's going on in Silicon Valley and the Bay Area there. Um, from what I can see and what I hear from Chicago, and you look at the uh, real estate price appreciation out there and sort of the uh, idea that VC venture capital funds seem to be tripping over themselves to, to try and just give companies money uh, on the uh, idea that they've got the next great thing there. Uh, it, it's a little bit alarming, you know, that things are getting, you know, out of out of hand um, and that they cannot be sustained. Um, when I look at the Verizon AOL deal, one of the things that jumps out at me is, is look who the acquirer is, right? It's it's the old stodgy blue chip company, right? That you know is around to to make this thing happen, um, and it's the what was once the great upstart uh, AOL that's owning up to the idea that. Um, its technology or its its position is good for the market here and now, but five to ten years down the road, it needs Verizon uh, to really uh, take its company to the next level. And and I think there's a broader message in there for investors is that you you got to take stock of the fact that there are a number of companies out there that have a really long-standing operating history, um, you know, that can generate gobs of cash, uh, that can pay a nice dividend. Uh, they're not going to grow as fast as, as some of these, you know, really exciting growth technology plays. But nonetheless, they're around to stay, and they're going to uh, grow with less volatility over the years. And um, and there's something to be said for that. Uh, and and history has proven out that you know that could be a very rewarding investment strategy uh, to, you know, uh, dollar cost average into those types of names as opposed to trying to chase the next great thing that has some really intriguing headlines and some big stock gains on a very short-term basis that uh, can lull you into a false sense of complacency that comes back to burn you later if that growth story doesn't pan out. I was reading on your website yesterday, briefing.com, an article published by Robert Green, who I really like his work enormously. 
And the headline was The Coming Device of Crisis, Government Versus Private Pensions. And there was also a story out yesterday about Social Security, basically, starting to have problems in 2020, lots of problems with 2033. And I looked at the calendar, I'm like, 2020 is not far away anymore. <laughs> like, it, it dawned on me. Did you read his article yesterday? Yeah, you know, about the Illinois Supreme Court ruling, um, uh -huh. you know, and effectively, basically told the state that, you know, you can't um, alter the, the current pension system to, to essentially make it um, sustainable. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, Illinois is in a world of hurt uh, financially, uh, and the, the pension liabilities is a huge uh, issue. And, and as a resident of Illinois, all it just tells me is that, you know, my, my state taxes are going to go up, <laughs> you know, over the coming years here to try and uh, to, to keep that pension system whole, if you will. Um, but it is a much bigger, it is part of a, a much larger, bigger issue that is going to come home to roost, has to come home to roost, you know, eventually. And you're right, it's not that far away, <clears throat> given, you know, what we're talking about. Um, you know, one of the things that I've heard is some of the early presidential candidates are, are perhaps willing to take on this third rail and, and talk about the need to reform Medicare and Social Security. Now, the candidates who are suggesting such things, they're not going to win. Um, but but uh, I'm glad that they're going to try, I think, at least, you know, uh, make, it, make an issue of this because you've got to get it into the mainstream here. You've got to start talking about it. It's going to be a huge issue. Uh, and the longer we just kind of, like, twiddle our thumbs about dealing with it, uh, the demographics are going to come home to roost, and we're going to have a lot more debt piled on to deal with these um, entitlement programs, and, and that's not going to be good for, certainly for anyone uh, of a younger generation, um, you know, coming up the ranks there. So briefly, as a strategist, does this worry you? Because I'll try to get Dr. Jeff Rose and I'll say, what's a worst case scenario? And he, he'll never give me an answer. He's like, it's on one hand this and the other hand that. Does this rattle you, seeing that this is coming? Well, you know, it, it, it certainly does, you know, bother me. I mean, what uh, the government has shown through either funding, accounting, or some type of creative legislation, you know, they found a way to keep, you know, kicking the can down the road. Um, in all likelihood, that's probably what, what's going to come out of this. You know, I don't know what that looks like, but, you know, that seems to be the precedent that's been set here. But uh, it worries me, you know, more from a, you know, from a standard of living aspect for not only people, I'm a Gen Xer, but for millennials and, you know, generations below them that, you know, the, the standard of living is not going to be as high in future years if we don't get our arms around this issue because uh, younger workers are going to end up paying more taxes uh, and Thanks. they're not going to have the same uh, enjoyment out of life that gotcha. I think some of the older generations have had. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. He's the chief market strategist. Briefing.com is a great resource for all investors, professional or individual. Check it out.
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. In January of this year, a four-year-old company with fewer than 200 employees raised the largest amount of money a biotech company has ever raised, half a billion dollars in one fell swoop. What's amazing is this company has never done any testing in humans. It's called Moderna, or Modern, uh, Moderna Therapeutics. It's working on a holy grail in drug development basically focused on treating disease by delivering message RNA that act as kind of instructions for our cells to create proteins. Will this company ever come public? Probably. It's got a lot of good partnerships. It doesn't have to. Um, mRNA is nothing more than a copy of DNA. You could potentially make proteins you want because the code is there. Getting your body to accept it is a little bit of a trick, but they say they've figured it out. They're not sharing a lot of information because they don't want to be copied. Again, they're not testing in humans, and it's a biotech company. So when they do test in humans, if those messenger RNAs get squashed by our immune system, uh-oh. Um, Aiming to deliver instruction manuals for our cells, churn out proteins to reverse all kinds of diseases from diabetes to heart disease to cancer to viral diseases and much, much more. They've got 56 programs in preclinical testing. The opportunity is huge. Figuring it out, you need a little bit of a science lesson because right now we're trying to block proteins versus delivering proteins. Um, there's a long way to go. There's years of trials. Biotech world is notoriously fickle. Um, but the company's rocking it right now. I throw it out there for you because it's buying a biotech company could be a, a massive grand slam. But it could also be a pretty big strikeout. So know that. It's uh, not as easy as you would imagine. Verizon made a deal today to acquire AOL for $4.4 billion. Tim Armstrong's a pretty good CEO as far as figuring out technology. AOL are the only guys that figured out programmatic advertising for video. This is a great way to take on Google because the internet is going mobile and mobile's going video. Um, it looks like a pretty smart deal. It looks like some pretty smart people are putting this together and things like the Huffington Post will most likely be spun off after the deal closes. A lot of people want to buy stock market insurance, and I think that's a horrible thing to do. If you own an individual company that you have big gains in, you could buy insurance, stock options. You could buy a put that gives you the right to sell the stock to another investor for a pre-agreed upon price. The puts can be very valuable at the stock creators. If you're buying individual stocks and don't want to pay for options to protect you, you should have an exit point in mind, typically 10% of the purchase price, lower. Uh, the best protection for stocks is diversification. All investors need to spread investments across different asset classes, including shares of companies of different sizes and valuations. You'll hear me say, you know, small, mid, large. You'll hear me say valuations, growth, value, maybe Another word for value might be income because the company is no longer growing, so they share more income with you. Uh, there's also a balanced approach, which does a little bit of both, and I'm totally for it. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I just don't want you to be shy. It's the thing that always kills me. Um, is people are afraid to chat. Fans are trying to crowdfund Patriots to Flategate. Fine fans are seizing the opportunity to get the New England Patriots back on its feet after the American football team was served a $1 million fine and quarterback Tom Brady hit with a four-game suspension. Plus, they lose draft picks, a first-round draft pick next year. That's pretty painful. Game of Thrones set piracy world record and HBO is to blame. Um, HBO doesn't seem to mind, which is pretty fascinating. Um, clearly, they're not having struggles to make ends meet, but they're also not maximizing their product. This past week, episode five of season five, Kill the Boy, managed to become the most quickly illegally downloaded show in TV history. Um, 2.2 million downloads in 12 hours. The episode isn't particularly noteworthy. There was no Red Wedding, nor Siege of King's Landing. The peak comes because it was the first episode of season five to debut outside of the initial leak of the first four episodes. Um, press screeners are uploaded online, meaning that most pirates have had them for a while. Um, HBO shows are so heavily pirated, it's difficult to, and it's been difficult for, you know, to put a finger on it. You have to have not only a cable subscription, but you also have to pay for HBO. Now, through HBO Now, you just pay 15 bucks a month to access HBO content, even live content, without cable. Problem solved, right? Nope. Netflix piracy is still a big issue. Um, probably more so than anyone wants to admit. And again, 15 bucks or 7 bucks, 8 bucks, uh, not that big of a deal. Both HBO Now and HBO Go have a very specific problem. They don't work precisely when you need them to, when the episode is actually airing. Unlike Netflix, which dumps House of Cards and Daredevil seasons all at once for people to watch. Um, all about the spoiler. All about the stone men. <laughs> I didn't spoil anything. I hope you're well. Uh, thanks for listening. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Uh, big thumbs up to you. Talk to you soon. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.